thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble. And good afternoon, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses Z. Campbell. I'm your host, and for the next hour, we're going to excite, entertain, educate, and elucidate you with news, information, and great discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. It's a geek world now, and everybody else is just living in it. Anyway, look, before we get going with today's show, uh, I have a review of the latest, the greatest movie from Warner Brothers and DC Comics. It is... Aquaman! And it just opened in theaters. Well, it's been open, honestly, uh, around the world for over a week. But it just opened here in the United States. I've seen it, as have my panelists. And actually, we saw it earlier in the week. But, you know, this show doesn't come on until Saturday. So, we're going to... Well, actually, I don't know if they agree with my review or not. It's, It's my review, but we'll find out how they feel coming up right after this. Anyway, so we're going to do the official Fantastic Forum review of Aquaman, and then we'll be back with the rest of the show. Stay tuned. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. There was a time many years ago when DC Comics movies did well at the box office. But Warner Brothers is old Hollywood. And so, eventually, Superman the movie and Superman 2 gave way to Superman 3. Thank goodness for Batman. (laughs) More recently, Marvel Studios has been the gold standard for superhero genre movies. DC has been left to eat dust while releasing poorly received features like Green Lantern and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. And the occasional hit like Wonder Woman was viewed as the exception. Well, with Aquaman, DC and Warner Brothers may finally be ready to compete. Aquaman first appeared back in More Fun Comics, number 73, way back in 1941. Created by Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger, Aquaman didn't get the kind of respect like his fellows Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman. In fact, the character was largely derided as one whose only power was the ability to talk to fish. And a good deal of his popularity comes from the mid-60s Filmation cartoons, although there was a recent comic book series during the New 52 that was well-received, written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Ivan Rice and Joe Prado. I got into Aquaman via the Filmation series and then rediscovered him in the late 70s Adventure Comics series, written by David Micheline and illustrated by Jim Aparo. Great, great stuff. So this movie, as do the best comic adaptations, cherry picks from a variety of eras and elements of the original comic book and pop culture source material. Director James Wan has crafted a terrific film. Wan co-authored the story with Jeff Johns and Will Beale 
and Beale co-wrote the screenplay with David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. This was a well-made adaptation that is pretty faithful to the original source material. Lighthouse keeper Tom Curry rescues Queen Atlanta from the waves during a stormy night. The two fall in love and conceive a son, Arthur, who learns he is the heir to the throne of Atlantis and a potential bridge between the surface world and the legendary sunken kingdom. But Arthur must first contend with the ambitions of his half-brother, Orm, as well as the vengeful machinations of the surface criminal, Black Manta, while attempting to avert a cataclysmic war between the Atlanteans and surface dwellers. And he must learn about his Atlantean heritage and come to terms with his role as a hero and possibly a king. The cast is mostly good. I particularly enjoyed Jason Momoa, although I think there will be a number of people, both women and men, who will come out just to gander at him. But he gives a nuanced performance that demonstrates a certain degree of anguish at his situation. There are also a number of younger actors who have been enlisted to show Arthur at various ages as he grows up. Turns out the Atlantean equivalent of a Grand Vizier had been training the young Aquaman. Willem Dafoe plays the Vizier, whose name is Volko. Longtime readers of the comic will recognize the character. Amber Heard is Mira, daughter of the ruler of a smaller Atlantean tribe. Dolph Lundgren plays her father. Mira is another character who comic readers will recognize. I'm not especially familiar with Heard's previous work. She gives what I would describe as a serviceable performance, but nothing special. Nicole Kidman is Aquaman's mother. She doesn't have much to do here, but is a standout actress who lends a certain credibility by her presence alone. I also thought that Tamira Morrison was great as Aquaman's dad. Other actors who distinguished themselves were Patrick Wilson as Aquaman's half-Atlantean brother Orm, the Ocean Master, and Yaha Abdul-Mateen II as Black Manta. Black Manta is Aquaman's arch-enemy from the comics, and Abdul-Mateen has a particularly intense take on the character. It is sort of one-dimensional, but it works here, and veteran actor Michael Beach plays Manta's father. There's a lot of action in this movie and a ton of visual effects. Aquaman's undersea world is especially rich, and the filmmakers have gone to great lengths to depict the various elements, including a thriving, technologically advanced civilization, monsters, and the ocean depths themselves, lots of shipwrecks and undersea life. Rupert Gregson Williams provides a compelling and complimentary musical score. He is rapidly becoming a composer known for his sweeping themes and ability to create atmosphere and heighten the level of excitement with his splendid, diverse work. Unlike some of the more recent DC Comics superhero movie entries, this one is generally acceptable for children. There are some scary creatures, and it gets violent, but nothing too gory. No profane language and no nudity or overt sexuality although there are some scenes with open warfare between armies and some up-close-and-personal murders. But at PG-13, you could conceivably take children as young as about 11. I'd think twice about any younger than that, though. Overall, Aquaman was a solid comic book adaptation action-adventure movie with some romance and comedy thrown in for good measure. I gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. All right, there we have it, the official Arlington in the Morning review of Aquaman, which just opened in theaters 
yesterday. Well, yesterday or Thursday, depending on how you look at it. I remember back in the days when uh, it was Thursday. Well, you'd be sitting in the theaters on Thursday night, but then it would be Friday morning at 12 a.m., that they would actually screen the movie. And now you can go in on Thursday night and get like a 7.30 show. Anyway, my guests today are Brandon Troy What's and uh, the illustrious Julian Lytle. I'm sorry, were you the illustrious before? Yeah, okay, there we go. All right. I was, I was hoping I remembered that. That's my Stanley name. <laughs> All right. So, uh, gentlemen, you heard uh, the review that I gave for the movie. Um, the first question I'm going to ask is, did you like this movie? Yes or no? Overall, I did like the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And we've, we've discussed this at, uh, you know, after, after um, I guess it was your first time, my second time seeing it, because uh, I, I just needed to kind of head it just stayed in terms yeah. of I, I my ha- thoughts. On I it. have an agenda, <laughs> you know, so I'm laying the groundwork <laughs> to get to a particular place. But I have to establish first that we like the movie. Yes. Oh, hell, I'll just tell you where I'm going with it. Um, first, I wanted to establish that we liked the movie, and then I wanted to establish that we liked it better than some of the other recent DC movies. So I, I, am I correct in assuming that? I, I don't know. For the most part, uh, I have very controversial, well, not very controversial, I guess that's too strong a yeah, word, you're, but, you're I, but, they, but there are films. <laughs> you're there are films, like crazy Yeah, there here, are man. films, uh, uh, DC films that I like that a lot of people are like, what, really, you like that? Man of Steel, I like, um, and I stand by it. It, it had um, its moments. And, and I Wonder like Woman, Green Lantern. So. Oh, I loved Wonder Woman. So, Wonder Woman was good. I mean, everybody. I don't, loves yeah, Wonder I don't Woman. mean that, but I mean, yeah. Man mm-hmm. of Steel always it always gets divisive. Where it's like, what are you talking about? But no, no, I stand by my comment. I love Man of Steel. It had its moments. I mean, there were like three moments in that movie. But we can come back to that, Julian. I hate that damn Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no oh. I like uh, Aquaman mm-hmm. was fire. Okay, was all right. Fire. So, uh, so, so we liked it better than some other. DC, well, okay, all right, um, I, because to me, still the gold standard for DC movies is the first one, Superman the movie, which just own. celebrated its 40th uh, anniversary of uh, the uh, well, the release uh, only a couple of weeks ago. But uh, beyond that, uh, you've got some of those um, uh, Batman movies, the recent ones with Christian Bale. A lot of people like those. I'm not as big a fan. Uh, because I just don't see that as the the Batman from like our Earth. I mean, you want to talk? Oh, if that's the Earth twenty six Batman or something, yeah, Elseworlds Batman, something like that. Um, uh, but you've had a bunch of movies that have come out. They've had Green Lantern, and they've had Suicide Squad, and Batman versus Superman, and oh, you know. I, now, I personally, I thought Suicide Squad was okay, but this movie, I mean, this was up there with. Wonder Woman in terms of, oh, this was like a re- You don't have to make excuses for this movie. I mean, all them other movies like, you know, hey, I, I like Suicide Squad, but you got to make some excuses for Suicide Squad. No, you Ditto don't. With, oh, yeah, no, okay, you well. You know. No, you know, people make too many excuses, and they be giving other movies too much credit. <laughs> okay. But, you know what I'm saying? I, I equate Aquaman. I'm not going to go back to the beginning, because that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm counting within this current standing point from post Man of Steel onwards mm-hmm. because you know what I'm saying people don't go around here trying to actually equate the Marvel Cinematic Universe to like all the Marvel movies they like to take those certain things away because to be honest none of the movies are good as Spider-Man 2 anyway but 
That's the entirely different conversation. <laughs> no, they're bad. They're trash. I'm gonna hold my tongue. Go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. But Aquaman, in terms of the, these movies, it's probably the best one. You know, I, I, I would love to argue with you on that because I really, really like, I mean, unlike our compatriot, Shereen Nicole, I really <laughs> liked Wonder Woman, okay? I mean, I, like I, 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 I liked it. I really liked that movie. But uh, this, I mean, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, I, I really thought that, uh, that they hit something with this movie, you know? I mean, that, uh, that they have not really hit with, any of the other ones they've done so far, you know. But okay, and so now, now that we've established that we like this movie, um, eh, eh, why did we think we? Well, why did we like this movie better than some of these other ones? Uh, well, I, I remember last time we were talking about this. I guess a couple of shows ago, we were talking about how the, the there's been a, a concerted effort of changing the tone of the DCU. There's been a lot of complaints about how dark it is and how bleak it is. And it seems like the, the WB has listened, um, you know, to those complaints. And I mean, yeah, this, wait a this, minute. The, the Warner Brothers, or you talk about like the CW, you're like the WB. I don't know the what that WB, is. WB, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner Media. Brothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it seems like they made a concerted effort to make sure that there is a, a tonal shift of making this uh, a lighter and, you know, even visibly, you know, uh, um, uh, brighter also. I mean, uh, if you look back on like Batman versus Superman, I know we were just talking about that, of how it's so, um, uh, the, the, the colors are so dulled down and that's obviously that's very much not the case um, you know, with this film, and it's actually one of the elements that I that I enjoyed, you know, about the film is, is you know how, uh, in terms of its visuals, it has you know incredible visuals um, in, in in the film in terms of uh, the color palettes that they that they use, um, you know, with the costumes and, and even with the uh, the world itself. But um, I guess for me, um, what really stood out. Other than, other than them actually doubling down into like the it's it's the weirdness they were able to uh, keep the weirdness and goofiness of Aquaman, <laughs> okay, uh -huh. and uh -huh. make it work work and make it look like cool at the same time for like other people, people who don't like Aquaman, and the last the last act actually worked, which is a, I think is a major flaw in. 90% of superhero movies. Hmm. Like, they just don't work for the most part. This one hit it out of the park. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, wh part of the reason that uh, that I like this movie um, had more to do with uh, the way that they established him. Uh, I like the way that uh, he actually developed as a character along the way. I mean, you know, we had gotten to see some of him uh, during uh, Justice League and and that was fine but uh, and in fact he was to me one of the better parts of that Justice League movie period I thought you know especially when he was sitting on the lasso there they were getting ready to go into that battle I mean that was just that you know and um, but the way that they established his character and oh by the way 
There are going to be spoilers. If you haven't seen Aquaman, then you might not want to listen to this show right now. Uh, and in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil one of the things now. I, I liked how uh, towards the end uh, he realized that he could be merciful. You know, I mean, he was. <laughs> treacherous as the sea basically there in the beginning you know, that scene where um, he basically let uh, Black Manta's father die and then later he's like you know I made an enemy there and I didn't have to you know, I mean, I could have gone another way. I was he like, oh, yeah. bully, bully for you. <laughs> it's like, this is, you, yeah, you know, I mean, which you, I mean, which I like to see. I mean, I think the best movies are those where the lead character uh, grows in the movie, you know, and superhero movies, typically, you don't see that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe they, they change from when they're uh, get. I mean, if it's an origin story, from when they get their powers, but, uh, you know, it's very unusual for a guy like this, who's a mutant and born with his abilities and, you know, just had to train to use them. So I really like that. And also, uh, something else that I liked was how uh, he had a foot in both worlds, you know, the undersea and the surface, but he didn't embrace either of them. Usually, if there's like a hybrid kind of character like this, it's like, oh, I was born on the land, and I don't know anything about this undersea. I'm a land dweller, or, you know, whatever. I mean, he wasn't down really with either of them. He felt uh, as if he didn't belong in any yeah. world. Yeah, you know. So, um, you know, that, that made him a little bit more attractive. And there was a real well-developed heroic journey that he went on that I didn't expect. I mean, I was thinking, you know, when they laid out, oh, you got to find, like, the trident of Poseidon or whatever, and then you can come back and challenge King Orm, and I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. And then next thing you know, he's trying to step up before he did all that stuff, and Mira's like, the plan was you find the trident and then you challenge him, you know? I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I'm looking at my watch. Wait, it's kind of early in the movie for him to be doing this, isn't it? So... And I was going to yeah. say, uh, jumping off of what you said, Julian, I mean, that, that was a great, you know, point that you made of, you know, how there are uh, goofy elements of Aquaman. And there are, like, especially with a lot of the villains and, and how they how they look. And that was actually a concern of mine, you know, when I was when I first found out they were, you know, going forward with this Aquaman movie is uh, I was like, oh, man, how are they going to pull off? Uh, you know what what they have with Ocean Master and how he looks and and what they're gonna do with Black Manta and oh are they gonna like change the helmet because the helmet let's be honest is like you know huge and bulking and kind of goofy looking but you know I have to give you know props to props to do like their their costumes you know worked uh, Black Manta actually was my favorite character in the film even more so than than Aquaman in the journey that that he had. Um, and then I'm actually going to go real deep with it because I'm a gamer also. One other element is that uh, aside from a lot of the the uh, winks that they had to, you know, um, how characters looked or or element stories that they used, there were some other Easter eggs that, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but thinking about the game Injustice, I don't know if you're familiar with it, uh, Yuli, but uh, um, 
they they have an element in that game where you know when you have those winning poses and Julian, you probably know what I'm t- where I'm going with this. They have those winning poses where it's like very interactive and they kind of throw in a slow motion. That the ending of the film kind of gave me deja vu of oh, okay. Injustice, where okay. where he where he like uh, popped out of the water in slow mo. I was like, oh, that's straight out of Injustice. <laughs> I was like, that 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 got me hyped. So, um, but yeah, uh, outs like I said, outside of the color palettes. Um, the the Easter eggs that they have for a lot of you know comic fans. I mean, obviously there's some things that they have to you know adapt, but there were some things in there that that were pretty awesome with the the villains and and the the uh, names that they uh, have from the comics as well as moments like that that I just described. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, uh, let's let's jump on that for just a second in terms of Black Manta. Uh, now I, I I love me some Black Manta and he was consistent in terms of what DC does because if you got black in front of your name in DC you're gonna be black. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't I didn't feel like they gave that character enough to do. And um, now one thing I was I, I mean I I figured just the way that things had gone with his own father I was waiting for him to kill Aquaman's father. I was like, oh, man, this is going to, oh, you know, he's going to find out who he is, and he's going to go kill his daddy, and that's going to be rough. You know? Can't do that in the first movie. Can't do that in the first movie. Well, and Wait I'm glad, I was going to say, I'm glad they kind of, like, stretched it out. The other thing I would have liked to have seen uh, in a, um, you know, because they did have Black Manta in a post credit scene, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't the post credit scene that I wanted for Black Manta. I wanted something closer to... Uh, what was in that at uh, the end of that Justice League movie, where maybe Luthor and the Terminator show up, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're recruiting. <laughs> we got we got a league of our own, and we want you to be part of it." You know, I was I was waiting for that. I really wanted to see that, but um, I felt uh, he was he was very he was very intense with his performance. You know, that actor, but uh, I felt as if um, he could have. He he. I wish they'd given him more to work with. Is basically what it was, you know, because there was just this intensity uh, that. Uh, but and it was all. I mean, he he just frankly seemed like an underdeveloped character to me, and you know, because they they had well, yeah, they they had decided to go with Ocean Master as the oh, main you villain. Saw, oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, you gotta get that out of the way. You gotta get, get that out of the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he didn't get killed off. Mm. So I mean, there's I'm there's like, way more to to mine from that. So I, I was fine with the way that they did it. Mm. Black man, his his daddy died. That's what I don't I don't I don't need no more motivation than that. <laughs> <laughs> that was street logic. This is beef. This is never getting settled. Buffy, you, you could have helped me, and you decided not to help me. That's, That's what true. made it hard. That's like, true. Yeah, I ain't never forgiving you for that. You looked me in my face, bro. Like nah, that was hard. Well, but you know, and and in fact, Aquaman himself mentioned. That uh, hey, they were pirates. They came, you know, to to uh, steal that Russian sub, and I mean, ultimately got it anyway and did what they needed to. But uh, he didn't have any mercy for them because he felt like they were undeserving of mercy. But where he got ultimately was that it doesn't matter what I decide in terms of whether or not I feel they are worthy. Of mercy, I can be merciful simply because it's the right thing to do. 
you know, rather than, hey, you know, let's let the sea decide. You know, just basically, I think he said something like that. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, and, and needlessly so. But yeah, but I still felt that, I mean, and you're right, the motivation of the character was completely understandable. I just would have liked to have known, I would have liked to have learned more about the man behind the mask, basically. I get Sequel. You. <laughs> Suicide Squad too. Mm-hmm. Was oh, he supposed to be in? Uh, no, I mean, oh, I'm okay. just saying. Oh, oh, right. Potential. Yeah. You gotta get locked mm-hmm. up. He ain't getting locked up. All right. He ain't yeah. Caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what. Um, I would like to because they, you, you, Brandon, you mentioned some of the great, um, uh, what'd you call it, uh, Easter eggs that yeah. they had in the movie, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that because. Uh, you know, of course, in the um, in the filmation cartoon, they would show him riding seahorses and stuff, and then that sort of you know giant seahorses, and that kind of came in you know to the comics ultimately. Yeah. And you saw him riding on a seahorse. I was like, <laughs> oh, he riding a seahorse! Ah, check him out, you know. And um, Aquaman, having been around from 1941, a lot of people don't know uh, that he was a Golden Age character. And uh, I, I was thinking, it's, it's sort of interesting because Aquaman is one of the few characters that retained his integrity uh, through the whole seduction of the innocent scandal and Congress looking in on all this. And he survived the reboot. I mean, unlike Jay Garrick, Flash, and Al, what's his face, Adam, and uh, you know, yeah, Al Pratt. Thank you, and um, yeah, Alan Scott. Exactly. He he remained Arthur Curry, the Aquaman, and they didn't change his costume. They didn't change anything about him. uh, And before I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't recognized that. I thought it was just Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That had survived that. Oh, when yeah. really, I was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Yeah. Which well, is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he's an interesting thing because they would uh, they would kind of change his backstory in the comic while they're making it. Like, once they get a new team on, it's just like, uh, I'm going to add this. It's like he was always like, like you know, he's like he's like Jumbalayo <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> so, like another thing I liked about this movie is that like it's in a way they merged like all the different, a lot of the major eras of Aquaman into like one thing. Yeah. So it's like you get the setup of Aquaman from Justice League, and it's like he's full '90s Aquaman, long hair, beard. Gruff, and then you get to this movie, he's that. Then he's a little bit of New 52 storyline. Then in the end, he got the orange shirt on. He riding a seahorse. They got the rings coming at him because he's talking to the fish. I was like, once I saw the rings, I was like, because you know, you you knew they was going to have him do it, but yeah. in the commercial, they didn't show the rings. So you right. be like, they ain't going to show it. And then you get in the movie, it's like, oh, the rings though. Like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, he's talking to the people. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> on a telepathic power and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Even Namor can't do that. <laughs> right, he gets slumped. That's a man with man. <laughs> you know, there was a, um, uh, there's a cartoonist, Carrie uh, uh, Callan, who's uh, really funny. But he, and he does these sort of parody cartoons. And there was one that he did of uh, Namor versus Aquaman. And Namor was all in Aquaman's face, and then Aquaman used the do 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 do. Namor, it's like 
He probably stole that from um, JLA Avengers because they had him fight. Yeah. And then Aquaman yeah, was just punished. like, yeah, no, no, no. And it's like, they will, I, I, yeah, you done. I'm Aquaman, bro. I'm yeah. the king of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, as, as opposed to Prince Namor. Yes. You know, he's just yeah. a mutant. You know what I'm saying? Like, Aquaman is the man. Yeah. Well, they're both mutants, so. Nah, technically, you know, you know, technically Aquaman is a metahuman. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> It's technically metahumans, you know it doesn't matter if you're born with powers or not. If you have superpowers, you're a metahuman. I see. It's I know. a blanket. I, I, blanket term. I personally had thought metahuman was what DC used since Marvel has copyrighted superhero and they can't say no, superhero. They share the copyright. Oh really? They share the copyright here and a part of the world, but not Japan, because Japan has their own superheroes in which they control that copyright. Oh, well, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I had no idea. I thought that this was another area where Marvel had gotten slick. Nah, they shared that mm-hmm. joint. And that's why nobody else know. can put superhero in front of stuff. But mm-hmm. those two companies. Oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. So the metahuman thing. I mean, you know, I, I, well, I mean, but I thought anybody with powers. I mean, so the X-Men can be metahumans, too. It nah, just so happens that's a, that's that they were born thing, with their... You know what I'm saying? Marvel gets funky because they got Inhumans and they got mutants and then they got well. Inhumans are mutants though. Yeah, mutates, I mean you know because you had to be exposed to the Terrigan mist. Yeah. To be able to you know do that stuff there. We deep in the weeds now. Nah, yes we are. <laughs> we deep in the seaweed <laughs> to keep it on topic. Well, deep cut, deep cut. Yeah, we were deep talking cuts. a little bit about the uh, the the other Easter eggs, and I mean that that was my big one. They, you know, the whole riding the seahorses thing. But I also noted because I had and I appreciate you because in, in my um, in my uh, review, apparently I mispronounced uh, the Brazilian artist. You said Ivan Heiss. Heiss. Yeah. All right, and, but he spells it R E I S, but it's yeah. pronounced Heiss. Yo, Brazil, so, yo. Yeah. Well, okay, and and now I'm really embarrassed because I talked to him. And he didn't correct me. But anyway, so, um, yeah, as part of that New 52, uh, and I'm not going to call it a reboot, but those stories, you know, Jeff Johns and, uh, you know, anyway, those creatures from the trench were a big part of that. I mean, that was a couple of issues or something. So He's in, He got that story credit. Don't forget, Jeff Johns got that story credit on there and the credits. I saw his name big on the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, they, had, a, they had a nice list of folks. Uh, who got credit, uh, which I appreciated because there are a whole lot of people who have contributed to Aquaman over time. And in fact, I'm going to want to mention something about that when we come back from the break in just a couple of minutes. Because WERA 96.7 FM is a community radio station, and we come to you with this wonderful program and a bunch of other shows uh, through community media. You need to find out more about this wonderful institution. Visit the website at WERA.FM to find out more. For right now, we're going to pause to acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters. Uh, We're also going to take a couple of moments to promote some of the other outstanding WERA shows that are coming up later today here on 96.7 FM. But stick around because... Julian and Brandon and I will be back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. Don't go away. All 
right, and we're back here on the Fantastic Forum. WERA 96.7 FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined by Brandon Troy and the illustrious Julian Lytle. We are talking about the latest, the greatest movie from Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment. Just opened yesterday, Aquaman, directed by James Wan, starring Jason Momoa. And... Uh, a lot of the ladies, they want some Momoa him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, there are going to be a lot of dudes that go out, though, to the movie to see this guy, too. Uh, I recognize. Anyway, uh, what I had wanted to ask was, actually, I'm going to tell you all uh, the comics that got me into Aquaman. and Because I, I did read uh, some, and Julian, I appreciate during the break you... Uh, sharing with me that yes, New 52, I didn't want to call it a reboot. It is a hard reboot. As you pointed out, DC does that. <laughs> they yes. do this, yeah. And in fact, I, I, I have to point out that the DC universe that I grew up loving was a reboot. I mean, and hey, folks, you heard it here first. If you, uh, if it was, if it wasn't Mercury Helmet Flash that you grew up with, it's a reboot. I'm sorry. So, but I was Barry Allen, Red Suit Flash, and I realized, I'm like, oh crap, that was a reboot. Anyway, so it's be that good. as it, yeah. It's all good. So, you know, you're a DC fan, you're so, you know, you gotta know your errors. You don't get confusing, <laughs> you don't get confusing like some of the Marvel books, you're like, well, they did what? <laughs> what? They changed what again? Nah, hard reboot, 2011. Well, you know, Marvel is, uh, because... A lot of this, and I'm digressing here for a moment, but you've exposed a problem uh, that used to exist in the DC universe that now exists in the Marvel universe. And uh, I know you're so upset to be exposing problems no, I, I in Marvel. I know it all. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? like, it's not that thing. It's an issue I had before my beef. It's like... There's it's a point where you like, oh, rebooting makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, exactly. Exactly. And so the, my point exactly. So... Uh, DC's universe had gotten unwieldy, but it had existed for like 20 years longer than Marvel's had. And they found it necessary in the mid-80s to do that first hard reboot, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and sort of uh, simplify everything. And, uh, and so they did. Um, now, here's the thing. So now, Marvel could benefit from that. Because their universe has gotten incredibly unwieldy. And it's because they've got uh, a lot more history now. And one wonders how they are going to solve the problem. Or if they are going to attempt to solve the problem. But anyway. So, uh, Adventure Comics. David uh, Michelin uh, writing. Jim Aparo. I should say, the great Jim Aparo uh, drawing. And, man, let me tell you something. This was some crazy. This was some crazy stuff. Uh, Black Manta had kidnapped Aquaman's son, Aqua Baby, because ultimately Aquaman and Mira get married, and uh, he was holding him. And uh, Aquaman and Aqualad, Garth Aqualad, um, came to try and rescue the kid, and they got captured. And Black Manta set them on each other. He was like. Aquaman, if you don't kill Aqualad, I'm going to kill your son. And Aquaman came at him, and he's like, I'm sorry, Minnow, that's my son. <laughs> you know, and starts trying to take him out. I was like, oh, my God. It was, some, it was some great stuff, though. And there was also 
and I need to look this up because there was a there was a, a one shot uh, Aquaman. It was like um, a backup story in another book. Really great, great story about this um, some sort of uh, I, I want to call it a sea creature, but it was like some kind of living virus uh, that had. Uh, come to life and it was threatening sea life and Aquaman sent these whales in to try and corral it and it just crushed them. Mm. And, you know, Aquaman was like, he had never sent like a sea creature to its death before. And he was all messed up behind it. I was like, oh, this is kind of wild. you know. So I, I appreciated the fact that the character was being given some depth that, uh, no pun intended, that perhaps didn't exist before. Uh, in terms of some of the stories that had been told. I mean, because, you know, some of that Silver Age stuff, you know, frankly, was kind of silly. And, um, you know, Aquaman, I don't know. I don't, I mean, even though he was a founding member of the Justice League, um, I, I don't know what sort of appreciation there was for him generally at DC. You know, he kept losing his own book and, you know, had not traditionally been you know one of these big sellers and i think there was some confusion on the part of the talent at dc as to how to use him you know i mean you can use him outside of water but i think there was some confusion about that so that was what got me into aquaman i'm just curious um were there uh, actual comic issues that you all had followed of aquaman that got you into him or uh, how did you develop an interest in the character um i would say it's been such a while since I've read, I'll be honest, read uh, uh, any comics with Aquaman. The most uh, recent things that had, that really stick in my mind um, with that character are with uh, animation. So um, um, take you back to Super Friends and, the, <laughs> and uh, even um, the Justice League uh, animated cartoons, which were fire. They were awesome, both of them, the regular one and Unlimited. Um and just the, because uh, we were just commenting on this now, just some of the how in-depth they were, not just with the heroes themselves, but when they had a focus on a lot of the the intricate backstories for uh, the villains also, especially with Black Manta, because we were... Uh, we were just talking about how there are so many iterations of these characters and and ways that their backstories have been tackled and and I know like with Black Manta there was one version outside of the version that you were talking about there's another one where apparently uh, that he was I'm trying to remember that he was autistic or or something along those lines where he was in Arkham and uh, the only way that he was able to the reason why he became the character that he was is because he had some he had an obsession with with uh, Aquaman and with water so that there was there was an element of that and then even with the uh, another version where uh, he was seeking help from Aquaman um, because he was in duress and he ended up having an issue with Aquaman because he felt that Aquaman abandoned him in a time of uh, hmm. time of need so um, but Julian well, I don't know man I read a lot of a lot of different comics there was just a certain point where I just started trying to read his money old comics as possible so I think one of the standout stories uh, that I like Aquaman in was um, in Morrison and then Wade's Justice League mm-hmm. and when it was JLA then um, oh yeah yeah um, when the Imperorex 
uh, thing came to attack the world and like destroy like the universe and they had to stop it but like Aquaman like stood up with Atlantis to fight him and hold him back and then he died but then they found out like yo he ain't really died and they had to go back to like the past of, of Atlantis to go bring Aquaman back that was pretty that was a pretty good clutch story right there that was that was pretty cool something happens with the magics of Atlantis so he didn't really die <laughs> you know it was like he couldn't really die then there was a time where he like lost his hand like he lost his hand oh yeah oh he was wearing a blue Atlantis. costume right too yeah and then like then he got a water hand then later something. on like he met the he met the lady of the lake from Arthurian legend <laughs> who gave him a water hand because she was like yo you Arthur you're a kid I'm gonna rock <laughs> with you for a bit and he had this magical water hand and, and yeah and then there was a point where he disappeared and they had like a new Aquaman and that was like sort of Atlantis and it was like sword and sorcery in the water and like King Shark was like his main homie but everybody was like yo where regular Aquaman at and then it was a, it was a thing and then then it didn't matter because then he came back as like a Black Lantern and that was mm. a thing because he was dead again and mm-hmm. you know yeah it's so much it's so much stuff it's it's too much continuity in my head to figure out like the pinpoint <laughs> One specific. I had almost forgotten about that uh, that blue costume, and you know part of the reason that that is interesting now is because uh, you remember um, the uh, the TV show that was on HBO. Um, uh, oh crap! Uh, it's about the um, Entourage. Yeah, when Entourage. They yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, exactly. And it was a um, it was a James Cameron film. <laughs> And the lead character in Entourage, you know, who is like roughly supposed to be Marky Mark, uh, you know, Vincent was, Chase. Yeah, thank you, Vincent Chase. You know, uh, was playing Aquaman, and they, they had him, had him go to Comic Con and all kinds of stuff. They had, in fact, he was in love with his co-star, Mandy who was playing Mira. Yeah, Ma- Mandy Moore was playing Mira or whatever, you know. So, but um, and it was a real involved thing because I remember he didn't want to do it, but it was it was blue costume Aquaman. At that point, yeah, he lost his hand too in the movie. Oh, and really? It was a special. They had to do. It was a whole part of like. <laughs> oh wow! Like it was a thing with him with the stupid. Uh-huh. And he not liking the hand thing, and I was like, this is, mm-hmm. like it was really. They so because at a point at a point in time they they actually took out a yeah. real ad that it uh-huh. beat the Spider Man. Oh yeah. Opening weekend yes. in variety, and like that was a thing. So people still, even with this movie, people still compare contrast like. The fake Aquaman movie from Entourage <laughs> with the real Aquaman movie, like I'm like, yo, that's that's that that's that synergy. That's how that Warner Brothers working together. See, I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what cracked me up about that, uh, you know, because in in this TV series. Uh, they had to have him do a superhero movie. And I guess they were trying to find a kind of halfway, what they felt was a kind of halfway cheesy character to do. And, yeah, One that Aquaman, you could never yeah. see. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, what? Because I read an interview, and he was like, we picked the character that you know we was never going to see. Oh, my Aquaman God. Movie. Like, That's messed up. Ten or so years later, guess what's out? Yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's funny. That's That's something else, because... In my wildest dreams, I would not have imagined that they would have gotten around to doing an Aquaman movie. I mean, at least not before a Flash movie. We're in real times, Ulysses. Uh, clearly. We got Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> not only that, we got two Ant-Man movies. People know two. who Thanos is. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Everyday people in the street never thought I'd see that. But, you know, um, 
we should have had Ant Man from before. I mean, I, I and and you know, I, I don't want to talk about Marvel because this ain't about Marvel, but. I wanted to see the original Avengers and, you know, when they played it fast and loose with Hawkeye and the Black Widow, as opposed to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, Wasp was supposed to be in that uh, original draft for Avengers and just because there wasn't enough space, she was actually cut, but she was supposed to be in Oh, like along with, as opposed to instead of. Yeah, if you ask Joss Whedon, like she was supposed to be in there. They just decided to cut her out. Yeah, but see. They're like, oh, we already have Black Widow. Well, exactly. That's uh, the thing. That would have been. We got one woman. Yeah, (laughs) and and typically that is that is all you need (laughs) that is that's all you have it's oh yeah we got a woman i mean in fact it's it's funny again i don't want to get off on a marvel thing but there was something i saw uh, earlier today on social media uh, where it was late bronze age and uh, this was john byrne drawing the avengers and it was when the uh, u.s government stepped in you know, to sort of slap the Avengers' wrists Harry, and Peter say, was up in exactly, that <laughs> you know, and uh, and and the the government set the the new team for the Avengers, and uh, they they declared that the Falcon had to be on the team because the Black Panther wasn't available. Diversity Haw- higher, exactly. <laughs> and Hawkeye was salty. Gyrick <laughs> was like, "Hey, look, if you're gonna be under the United States government, that means following all regulations, which includes." Offering equal opportunities for minorities. I was like, oh my God. Because Falcon hadn't even been in the Avengers up until then. Although Captain America vouched for him. Um, So, yes, but uh, getting back to Aquaman. I wouldn't have thought that we would have seen an Aquaman movie before... The flat. I mean, at least they got Green Lantern in. But technically, you know, they was, well, you know, technically, Flash was bit out by now. But they yes. lost two directors, a couple <laughs> stars, three, four scripts. Uh. So the the biggest problem with the Flash is that there's a successful TV show that comes on every Tuesday at eight o'clock, and they got to figure out a way to make, to make the movie that. good, and it and for it not to be the TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and the problem is that you've got uh, Greg Berlanti, who is, uh, you know, the TV guy, and then they've got Jeff Johns now, who essentially, apparently Jeff Johns and um, Patty Jenkins are like the people with the movies now, you know, and Jeff, I tell you something though, Jeff Johns really showed me something with this movie, and when I was, you know, looking, and oh wow, he wrote it, and you know, it had came with the story, and screenplay, and all this stuff, uh, which gives me some hope because i mean let's face it the dc should be blowing marvel out of the water you know i mean the dc characters are the most long exactly longer established (laughs) yeah well i mean definitely i mean there was uh some research that was performed and this is like 10 15 years ago now but the the superman s is or at least at the time, excuse me, was I can't speak to it. I haven't seen any current research. But at the time, that was the most widely recognized symbol on Earth. More than the Nike swoosh, more than the golden arches of McDonald's. I mean, the Superman S. Go figure. You know. So. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. There's a certain era, there's a certain period of fandom in which Marvel overtook DC a lot, and I think that's carried over into the movies in terms of the way mm-hmm. their fan base helps populate that and advocates for those characters on a way that sometimes DC people, a lot of DC fans really just like Batman. 
So yes. Batman always sell. Batman's like money. He could be on a three dollar bill. Like, <laughs> but but everybody say, else, like they got to they they figuring it out. They figuring it out. I don't know. I think mm. it's more along the lines of what people correlate with DC, which is the idea that you're dealing with you know quote unquote gods or Olympian gods that are trying to be mortal. That that whole phrase that we hear all the time versus you know Marvel characters who are mortals that you know happen by happen chance they get uh, abilities that make them extraordinary and there's something to be said about that I mean you're just talking about Batman I mean he's a what a regular guy and they had to essentially make I mean when, when we first saw the character they had to essentially make Aquaman a surfer guy to make him you know relatable and likable versus you know having him be you know this you know larger than life you know uh, uh, stoic um, uh, character so I think there's something to be said about that even though people don't put as much emphasis on that the idea of making the characters um relatable because it's it's hard when when some characters are like in terms of their abilities are so op that it's hard to really you know relate to them on a you know a human level and that's something that i feel that whether you like them or not with marvel films that that's what you're getting with those characters oftentimes op means overpowered Ah, uh, okay. I'm explaining oh, to the no, okay. Yeah, you I, used it. Yeah, for the people who don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, I appreciate you because I didn't know. Lame it, lame it down, lame it down. Op, op. You using a gamer, gamer that's world game too. Word. That's game talk. Well, I had to learn that myself recently. <laughs> I was like, "What is overpowered? There's no such a thing. You just want to get your butt whooped." <laughs> well, it, but that that's that's apt because uh, certainly the the Marvel character, sorry, the DC characters. Are I think God's generally essence. yeah yeah <laughs> Superman no, they, Wonder Woman they're like crazy powerful and sometimes it can be hard to you know make them you know relatable on our level level so well as some of that honestly is just a problem with the writing you know I mean okay. you got people who uh, you know cause I, they they complain about Superman all the time you know that oh you you can't come up with and in fact shoot. Uh, in the earliest issues of the Justice League of America, Gardner Fox apparently had the same problem because uh, he kept writing, either writing Superman out or they would have some threat that was magic-based or they had some kryptonite or something yeah. or they were certainly powerful and you know, there'd be, oh, the Justice League duplicates and so the Superman duplicate is fighting Superman. You know, something that was clearly... I mean, able to, to Silver Age yeah. Superman. He was he was he was a problem because he was pushing planets around and <laughs> going back in time and visiting his parents before they died and stuff like that. We're just flying. Like I was like, he he was he was a, super. <laughs> yeah, that's what I liked. about that's well, this is a whole other discussion. What made that Superman <laughs> dope was that when you read his comic or Jimmy Olsen's comic or Lois Lane's comic, he was super, but he had to deal with so much regular stuff. That's mm. what made it interesting. Like how you gonna get through that? Yeah. But it's Relatable. like I ain't got no time for this. But right, I gotta take Lois to, to get ice cream though. <laughs> some bull, though. Like that was fire. Everybody get caught up in the punching. And this movie does a good job of mixing the punching in the face with a little bit of a romance in the stone with Aquaman and Mara. Mm-hmm. And then just the yo, his Ocean Master's masks move without they don't even explain it. His eyes is right. moving. And I was like, <laughs> right? that's what I'm talking about. It's Atlantean but you know magical technology. <laughs> so his eyes can move with his expressions 
<laughs> with no explanations and no technology. It just does it, just like the comic. I was like, good job, good job, James Wan. You go all, you go for it. Straight Aquaman. James Wan could certainly end up as one of the people who is an architect of Marvel Comics <laughs> behind this. No, that's that that's a very nice summation. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, because we're almost out of time, um, I, I want you all to be able to give a shout out for uh, what else you do in addition to graciously coming on this show. So uh, since you were already talking, Julian, uh, Ignorant Bliss? Yeah, Ignorant Bliss is my podcast. You can find on all podcasts. Uh things like apple podcast spotify google play stitcher and the like um you can follow me on the line on like social media julian lytle l-y-t-l-e is how you spell my last name and uh, i have a patreon patreon.com slash julian lytle which you can get early access to my episodes and comics and things like that mm, there you go and uh, brandon movers and shakers unlimited yes sir what's up guys brandon troy uh, Movies and Shakers Unlimited. You can find the uh, TV series and syndication currently on Cox Cable. Um, we also have our webs, uh, our website at moviesandshakers.com and you know YouTube channel, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Brandon Troy uh, ENT and uh, Instagram at the same thing. So Brandon Troy underscore ENT. Just trying to you know keep hustling, keep keep my game up, trying to get that. Get up to that level where I'm getting, you know, an object uh, adjective where, you know, I get the illustrious, so I get the enig- <laughs> enigmatic Brandon Troy. So I'm, I'm trying to trying to get to that point where where I, I have that, you know, that description, like like my boy Julian over here. There you go. All right, <laughs> and uh, of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If you happen to be in the Arlington area, you can catch it tonight, Saturday, or tomorrow, Sunday at 8 p.m. on Arlington Independent Media. Uh, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38. Uh, also, this show re-airs each and every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m., so you can check it out there. Also, uh, you can visit the website at, at fantasticforum.tv. Uh, we've got episodes of the TV show. Uh, we've got various segments, interviews, toy and game profiles, event coverage, all sorts of stuff that is uh, broken out there uh, for your convenience. And remember to come back next week. Tune in again. Same bat time, same bat station. Uh, stick around for Ethio Diaspora, which follows this program right after the news. Have a great weekend.